Global Broadcasting Networks presents Military Mom Talk Radio. We know behind every strong soldier, sailor, airman, and marine is the family supporting them. With over 200 episodes in 17 countries, over five seasons, with three million monthly listeners, we are Radio Strong. We're here to share resources and experts on topics important to you, the military family. Join us. We've got another great episode starting right now. Here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Well, welcome everybody. This is Robin Boyd with you today. Sandra has the day off. We are so excited to be continuing our uh, Romance Roundtable series. Uh, we are doing this occasionally and it's really exciting uh, to, to not only highlight artists and, and authors, but to be able to sort of get a little bit more of the behind the scene of, of books and the thought process behind them. Um, I know so many times you will read a story and you're just so gripped into it um, and it's almost a it's almost like losing a friend when the book comes to an end because you've just become a part of that uh, that character. Um, but where that character comes from in the beginning, I think, is so fascinating. And uh, we're going to talk to two gals today, uh, wonderful authors, both acclaimed uh, and, and awarded uh, some some very distinguished um, recognitions. Jody Bailey is with us today, and Katie Lee uh, will be with us in just a moment. Before before we get started with the uh, our gals, though, I wanted to just sort of recognize that this month is Women's History Month, and um, if you happen to be on the U.S. Navy uh, Facebook blog, you'll see that they posted today that on this date in 1994, um, they issued the first orders for women to be assigned on board a combatant ship, which was the USS Dwight D. Eisenhower. And um, then earlier this year, I'm sure many of you are aware, the U.S. Department of Defense opened all military specialties to women, including all combat and special forces units. So not only do we uh, salute and thank uh, all of the women who have stepped up into these roles, we also want to sort of acknowledge some of the behind the scenes, as, as we were saying about authors and, and books, behind the scenes. And if uh, you are aware of the story behind Rosie the Riveter from World War II, excuse me, World War II, you'll know that uh, there were many people and there still are many people now, as was in World War II, behind the scenes and keeping America running while um, the active military people are doing their jobs. If you know the story, um, women back in the 1942 were enticed by necessity. Um, most of the able-bodied men had enlisted and they were drafted um, or had enlisted. And there were propaganda messages out there like, if you can use an electric mixer so you can operate a drill. And they really did call American women to step up and they did so in droves. Some sources put the uh, number of women in the workplaces during World War II at about 19 million. That's 19 million women that were all doing jobs back here in America 
that normally would have been held by men and war keeping industry and commerce and um, indirectly all of the uh, necessities that were needed by the Department of Defense at the time, um, whether it be collecting um, scraps and in fact little girls they they this particular article that i'm reading which i'll let you know where i found it um talking about girls and and young children on tricycles just picking up the scrap metal and the recycling efforts were just so important back then they are today too in a different way but certainly um this this was a remarkable feat by all of the um the women that were actively supporting their military and our military. The article that I'm reading is called Rosie's Kept America Running During World War II. It was originally published uh, in December of 2015, and I happened to find um, it reposted again today on the USO Facebook page. So I encourage you to go and read this article. It was by Samantha Quigley. Um, she quoted the song that was penned by Red Evans uh, all the day long, whether rain or shine. She's a part of the assembly line. She's making history, working for victory, Rosie the Riveter. So we salute all the Rosies in our history and all the future Rosies because whether we call them Rosie the Riveters or we just call them American military families, we're all here supporting our military. Um, today, let's say hello to two of our wonderful um, authors, Katie Lee and Jody Bailey. Thank you, girls, for joining us today. All right, thank you for having us. Yes, yes, it's wonderful to see both of you, uh, even though it's visually through Skype. Jody, where are you Skyping in from today? I am actually, I teach yearbook in the afternoons, and I'm actually in an empty computer lab in North Carolina <laughs> right now. <laughs> North Carolina. Okay. And so you're here on the East Coast. I'm on the East Coast as well. And Katie, where are you calling in from? I think I, did we lose Katie? Says she's here. Yeah, I see that she's here. Well, Jody, while we while we're working on getting Katie back, just if Katie, once you get on, just uh, give her give a shout. Yes, you're here. Um, Jody, have you um, always loved writing? Has the, even when you were a little girl, were you finding yourself doodling and and jotting down, or did you did you do a lot of play acting when you were a little girl? A lot of play acting, a lot of writing. My, um, I used to sit at my grandmother's desk with her little yellow electric typewriter and type stories. And when she, um, she died five years ago, and we were in her old secretary desk, and we just found stacks and stacks of stories I wrote from oh, the time that I draw pictures and write words. So it's always been a thing. I love, I was an elementary school teacher for many years. And one thing that I was so uh, very enthused to see is that children's imaginations and to be able to let them play act or let them uh, create with um, whether it be little Lego pieces or, or my son was uh, had all of his little guys. They were called the little Star Wars guys. 
<laughs> and he and he would have his little guys all lined up and because uh, we couldn't call them dolls and it wasn't my choice he, he chose to call them guys and um he would have these little scenarios going and wouldn't you know that he uh although he's a musician as well right now and, and most of his writing is in into the music uh field it, it's still authoring and writing and the creativity as an adult I'm hoping was because we let him be so creative as children, as a child. So um, I I love that factor. Katie, do we have you? Do yes, I hear you? Yes, I am here. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I clicked the mute button apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Technology is wonderful, isn't it? We uh, wanted to know where are you calling in from today? I am calling in from Connecticut. In oh, we're home. all on the East Coast oh. today. Yes, uh, it's very rainy up here in New Hampshire, so um, I'm hoping you have some warmer, brighter weather down your way. I do. Katie, I, I was just asking Jody as a as a child, she loved writing, and she was saying how she had written stories with her grandmother's typewriter. What about you? Was writing always a part of you, or did you enjoy play acting or, or uh, creating little scenarios when you were a girl? Um, I really was not a writer. I, I, uh-huh. am, uh, I, I am a reader, um, first and foremost, and I've always been a reader. I used to, uh, used to devour the summer reading lists at school and um, always got the award at the end when you come back at the beginning of the year <laughs> that you read every single book on the list. <laughs> um, so reading for me was really, that's all I ever thought I, you know, that's all I thought you know, writing was so far away that from me that I thought, oh, I can't be a writer. I, that's not, those are like, you know, certain people. That's not me. <laughs> so um, it took me a while, though. I think uh, it wasn't until um, 2009 that uh, my brother said to me, why not you? You know, right. it's, uh, right. it's not like th- these are these are real people that are writing these books. You know, you can sit down and do it. So and isn't that true? That's one of the one that's one reason why we love featuring authors on our show because so many times people like you Katie have always enjoyed and been inspired by stories and and authors and that that fabulous creativity and then not realize, oh, wait a minute, maybe I could do that. And in fact, I'm having this battle with my husband right now. He has so many stories in his head, but to get him to write down and start putting them on paper, I said, dictate them. You don't have to physically write because he, he's challenged with the computer. He mm-hmm. pecks away with his two index fingers and it takes him forever. And I said, just dictate it or, um, you know, just write it, write some outlines longhand or whatever. It, it, the process can can happen in any way, shape, or form. Katie, did you ever take any um, formal classes once you decided that you d- you were uh, going to be a, an, an author? No, I did not. I I took my brother's advice. I sat down, and in three months, I had a manuscript, and then I had no idea what to do with it. So <laughs> what I did is I uh, I joined uh, Romance Writers of America. And I went to my first national conference down in Florida in 2010, I think it is. And um, I learned that I did everything all wrong. No. (laughs) 
but I, I was just, you know, you were pleased that you actually got to the end and like, wow, I actually did complete this and I can do this. And so from then on, it was, it was taking um, any online courses that I could. It was attending my Connecticut chapter here. Who, they, have, they have wonderful speakers and trainers that come in each month. And I just uh, took, soaked it all up like in a sponge and, and as much as I could. And um, I sold my first book in 2012. Wow. So um, in those first, those first three years, it was just taking, taking as much as I could in. And even today, I am still learning. You never stop learning. Um, there's always some, a new way of doing something or a new way of looking at something that Isn't you didn't see before. And yeah. it's just always keeping your mind open that, and, um, that there is more out there to learn and you don't want to miss it. So um, Absolutely. don't act like you know everything. <laughs> <laughs> We've got our first break coming up. Uh, Jody Bailey and uh, Katie Lee, we're going to talk a little bit more specifically about your books, your topics, but we're also uh, curious about your, a little more about your writing process. So do stay tuned. We're with Katie and Jody for the next hour. We've got lots more ahead. Stay with us on Military Mom Talk Radio. Secret Cuisines and Sacred Rituals is a quest, a place, and a feast. Join host Vilasi Venkatachalam every week to explore myths, mystique, old medicine, and brilliant modern solutions through a dazzling kaleidoscope of cuisines, cultures, and cures. This is the place where tribes gather, strangers and familiars, to be memory keepers and makers of our evolving, enduring, evergreen, spoken legacy of wisdom and ingenuity. In Velocity's words, when we do old things in new ways and new things in old ways, we paint with an inspired palette, weave our own healing traditions, and become our own guru. Velocity is a troubadour of secret cuisines and sacred rituals. She collects stories of wisdom, ingenuity, and grit. She believes wellness and transformation happen when you stand at the threshold of delight and discovery. She displays her hidden penchant for drama when she leads the safari at the supper club. Her favorite pastime is to extol the marvels of cuisines, cultures, and cures. To her audience in workplaces, seminars, and salons, her mantra is, be your own guru. She is a biochemist, botanist, and alchemist who likes to churn delightful, useful things from a brew of art and science, ancient and evolving, old medicine and new cures. Join Velocity every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. It's Marching Day. A few years ago, some fishermen off the coast of Italy discovered some pottery along with fish in their nets. Divers were called out and discovered an ancient Roman ship whose galley, or caboose, a nautical term for kitchen, was extremely intact. Some of the food uncovered on board was pickled fish, wine, oil, and grain used to make the ship's biscuits, otherwise known as dandy funks. It is thought the 2,000-year-old boat was probably on its way to Spain when it sunk and was covered by layers of mud, baggy wrinkles and all. Baggy wrinkles are another name for the ship's ropes. The mud protected the ship from wear, explaining why the leftover food on board was still in such good condition. We land lovers may not be familiar with leftovers on the sea, but we are familiar with leftovers in our kitchen. It's marching down. 
I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We're back with more great conversation on Military Mom Talk Radio. Welcome back, everyone. This is Robin Boyd with you today on Military Mom Talk Radio. Sandra has the day off, but in her in her absence, I have two wonderful ladies that we're chatting with, uh, Katie Lee and Jody Bailey, both authors, uh, as we continue our Romance Roundtable discussion. Um, at the beginning of the show, we were sort of talking about what inspires us and, and how um, one might become an author, um, and now I was wanting to focus a little bit more about the specific most recent books for each of you. Um, Jody Bailey, you've just released Compromised Identity. When both of you have a, a, a good uh, library already of uh, yeah, very accomplished um, uh, works, but I, I'm sort of curious uh, of both of you, and maybe I'll start with Jody. When you begin. Um, a, a, a story is it sort of all kind of there in your mind beginning middle and end or do you develop sort of um an, a problem or the uh the crux of the story and then build from the uh, the issue out how it, it either comes about or how it's resolved how do you um, begin your story I'm a romance writer first, and so I can get really bogged down in the relationship and the happily ever after and the cute meat and all that <laughs> stuff. And um, So when I write the suspense, I have to force myself. I don't start with the characters yet. Sometimes I kind of have an idea, um, uh-huh. but I spend a lot of time uh, just trolling through crimes, like military crimes, like crimes that have happened on post, crimes that have, and compromised identity actually came out of, um, a new story I just stumbled upon and I just built and twisted and um, figured out all my criminal stuff. And then I started populating it with my people um, <laughs> who I kind of had an idea about, but I wasn't 100 percent sure. But if I don't start with some sort of idea of what the problem is and what, yeah. what the suspense is going to be, then I, I never get there. We just have a contemporary romance. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can only imagine that it you would almost have a, a a book the size of Hawaii or something you know i it, it, in my mind i would I would want to uh, just kind of keep on going. It must be difficult to sort of curb it and i I would say that the episode, if you will uh, or the the the, um, the topic is is what sort of contains you. What about you, Katie? Do you find that um, that your character comes first uh, or do you find that the situation comes first? Um, okay. Well, first I will say there is a industry word count that would stop you from writing a book <laughs> True. that big. True. <laughs> and it's really hard to stop. <laughs> My editor yeah. would not let me go over 60,000 words. And even then she says, could you do 57,000 instead? <laughs> wow. So wow. They, do, they do stop you um, to a point. They don't want it to go that long. But as for me, I get a lot of my ideas from reading nonfiction. I read a lot of magazines, mm-hmm. um, articles online. Um, even, in, even in my research of, of a book that I may be working on right, it, presently, 
I'll find something during my research that I'll be like, oh, write that down because I could do a yeah. whole book on that. And I'll put that, file that away for later on um, to, uh, to work on in the next, in the next series or the next books. Um, so I would say a lot of the times it's really just learning, even through experience, things like that, that, that kind of spark an idea for a story. And then I usually, um, because I do write uh, an inspirational uh, theme through my story, I do uh, try to find a scripture that I think that would make a good message for the book. And mm-hmm. it's from there that I create the characters that I think would portray that message perfectly. So um, it's, 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 it's they're not care. I don't, I don't do characters first. That, that really comes third in the process of wow, who I yeah. think would, would be the best uh, character, um, their traits, everything, everything about them that sure. would be able to tell this story better than someone else I created first. So that's kind of where I, I put my character development. Yeah, um, first yeah. it's story idea, then it's the message, and then it's the character at that point for me. Mm. Do each of you write with a box of Kleenex at your side? Because I got to tell you, I'd be there weeping my way through every book. <laughs> um, I would say that that doesn't happen until um, – my before I send it off to my editor and I've read it through three times and I finally have it the way I want it because in the writing process it's really ugly and it is uh, I mean it's it's really bad (laughs) and you just have to say okay I just have to get the words on the page and then once they're on the page then I can go ahead and make it all pretty and make it all emotional and then you see my third time through is where I'm a a blubbering mess at that point (laughs) Jody, you too, I suppose, right? Katie's in my head. She's like, everything she says, I'm like, yep. But yeah, I've only, like, there might be tears because I'm over it and done and we'll go feed rabid alligators and never write again. Um, I've I've only cried once. I've only made myself cry once. Uh, And that was in a book that's not yet published. Um, One of the ones you were asking about earlier. Yeah. Uh, I had, a, I knew I had to have a character die, but I wasn't sure who, and I'm writing along and figured out who it was and was like, no, <laughs> oh. so, um, but it worked. It was like my subconscious had it all worked out, but I was still shocked and very unhappy sitting in Panera bread company. <laughs> like, everybody's staring at me. I I am definitely uh, a crier. I I'm I've always been. My mother and I would watch a, a Hallmark commercial, and we'd both be sharing, you know, the box of tissues because we we both have that sensitivity that it doesn't take much. Uh, so the, my kids would would say something, and they just know that bloop, mom's gonna cry. And um, when my son, as as I was saying, is a musician, um, would write something and play it for me. I, he'd just watch. And he'd wait. And if I didn't cry, he knew he had to work on it some more. <laughs> so that was the barometer for him. <laughs> I, um, I had I a book cry. that I had uh, come out in the um, – I finished up in the summer. And I, I finished it. And I went out in the living room. And I sat down and told my husband, I'm done. It's all done. I'm all happy. And he's like, you're not crying. He's like, get back in there. You're not done. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That is just so perfect. Just so perfect. Well, um, Katie, your your um, recent book. Um, let's talk a little bit about um, your most recent book. Okay. 
uh, it's called Silent Night Pursuit. It did come out in December. It can mm-hmm. be read all year long. Yes, yes, it takes place around Christmas time, but um, it's really a romantic suspense. And it's really difficult to create a suspenseful book that's kind of got a homey feel at Christmas time because your characters have to be in danger and on the run or being chased by something or somebody. Um, yeah. So, so like I said, they can be read all year long. It doesn't matter that it uh, came out at Christmas time. But it is a story of a um, soldier with uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, and he has a service dog named Promise, and um, he's kind of by-the-books kind of guy, which uh, creates some conflict when I bring Lacey in, who is um, my heroine from, uh, from South Carolina, and she races race cars. And she is kind of like a fly-by-the-seat-of-her-pants type of gal. So that creates some conflict between the two of them. Um, but really, the, I, I wanted to portray the message because I, I use the dog. I think of dogs. I think of unconditional love. Mm-hmm. And I thought that the dog would be a great way to show that message uh, through the book. So Promise really, I, for me, steals the show. I just adore her. And... Um, she just really helped Lacey understand what it meant to be unconditionally loved and how to give unconditional love. And uh, so that's really the, the, the message of that story. Maybe Promise is the in- protagonist instead of Lacey. <laughs> 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 because maybe, you know, isn't it interesting that, that, that the, the tie in the whole book is Promise? Yes. Yes, that's- exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's that's wonderful. Um, we'll talk a little bit more uh, about this in just a couple of minutes. We've got another break coming up. Um, and on the other side, Jody, let's talk a little bit about compromised identity um, because uh, this is your your latest book. Was this just released in January, did you say? Yes, in January. And it's yeah. actually part of the series, so there's another one coming in August. Wow. Oh, and now when you said series, and there again, we've only got a couple minutes before the break. When you say series, did you sort of have the series in mind originally, or was it because once you began Compromised Identity, it um, there just wasn't enough room in this book, so you knew that there had to be an extension? Uh, it's not like technically a series. They're tied together by the characters. Right. But uh, I had actually written the book before, Smokescreen, that came out last year. Uh-huh. And it involved a soldier who had been kidnapped. And I kind of, when I got to the end, I really wanted to know his story. So oh. I, I wrote it. And then everybody fell in love with this third guy who popped up in both books. <laughs> so he got his own book too. So, you know, I kept getting these letters about, what about Tate? Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it kind of it just kind of happened, and then I ran out of guys in the books, so I ran out of books. <laughs> oh, <laughs> on to a new uh, on to a new story, I guess. One. Yeah, yeah. Well, we are heading into another break, girls. So uh, on the other side of the break, we'll talk a little bit more um, about these particular stories. But I also want to talk a little bit more um, about some of the inspiration that has has brought you to these stories. Um, If you've missed any of this show or any of our other 200-plus shows, please go to MilitaryMomTalkRadio.com. 
You can always find us on iTunes. You can find us on Facebook. Friend us there. We've got lots to chat about on Facebook all the time. We're there on Twitter as well. So do stay tuned. We've got Jody Bailey and Katie Lee today talking about our Romance Roundtable uh, continued series, talking about our, our wonderful love of books. So stay tuned. We've got lots more ahead. Stay with us on Military Mom Talk Radio. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central, Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Girasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward with tips, tools, and advice and hard lessons learned. These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on Doginet.com. was salvaged from the linguistic scrap heap by the Romans. It has remained in use in the Roman alphabet ever since, and now accounts for 2.5% of any page of written English. So today, I thought I would give you some fantastic words that start with the letter F. False eloquence is an 18th century word for lying. Fanfarinade is a 17th century word for an arrogant boaster. While a flapdoodler is a 19th century slang word for a person who talks nonsense and rubbish. A Philly Lou is a noisy uproar. And my favorite F word ever, floxy noxy knee hilly pillyfication, which means worthless trivia. For more letter of the day words, download my free app at twofunnyforwords.com. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We're back with more great conversation on Military Mom Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio. Sandra's got the day off today, but I'm here with you with Jody Bailey and Katie Lee. Um, you can find Jody Bailey at jodybailey.com. It's J O D I E B A I L E Y. You can find Katie Lee at her website, katieleebooks.com, and that's K-A-T-Y-L-E-E books.com. We're so glad you're both here. Um, and I was just saying in our, our back end that it's up in New England. Here. It's such a rainy, dreary day today. What a day to curl up on the couch with a, a cup of tea and a blanket and a great book. <laughs> and both of you would, would have so many to choose from. Um, and I, I love the thought that you have love inspired suspense because 
I think the um, everybody loves a love story, and everybody uh, really gets into that dream of the character uh, when you're reading a romance novel. Novel, but I love the um, the element of suspense that each of you have woven into your books. It really is gripping, and um, I think it really it begins the the edge uh, at that a little bit of tension and I think tension has to happen so that you kind of come to the end with um, a, a resolution in whether some sometimes books don't always have a happily ever after or has a twist that oh my goodness I didn't think that was going to happen do you work hard on your surprise Jody or do you really think that um, uh, it must be difficult to sort of come to the end of your books uh, because there's a lot going on. It is. And I do have to work at it because like I said, I I'm romance first. And so I really okay. have to work at um, dropping clues, um, you know, putting in the red herrings, making sure it's not too obvious, but it's not too much a surprise at the end. Um, and it really, sometimes it surprises me. You know, you're writing along, you think you know where you're going, and then the phone rings and somebody's dead, and you're kind of, oh, I didn't see that coming. Um, <laughs> so sometimes, it, you know, I'm, I have to plot, but I'm also very seat of the pants where I just, um, I'm going along and things change on a dime sometimes. Um, but yeah, putting it all together and making it all fit at the end, sometimes it's a matter of uh, a lot of it, and I hear so much of me and Katie when she says, you know, I'm I'm going along and I'm working and things change and um, the revision, the first draft is killer. It's tears. It's pulling things out. It's putting things on the page just for the sake of it. And the real writing is in revision um, and going back and, and those things that happened at the end, making sure there's the foreshadowing in the beginning. And um, so it's tough. It's, it is tough to make all that suspense come together and the mystery work out and the, you know, the happily ever after happen. And to do it in a way that's real, you yes. know, that at least the story is real because you can get a little MacGyverish sometimes and, and that's a little harder. <laughs> People don't buy that in books as much as they do when it's MacGyver on TV. Yeah, exactly. No duct tape. It's not going to work. <laughs> Unless, you know, you've tied up the hero and heroine with the duct tape. Then it works. <laughs> Other than that, no chewing gum and stopping acid leaks with chocolate. So it doesn't right. happen. <laughs> Jody, what's what's uh, compromised identity a little identity a little uh, a little bit about here? I really wanted to explore, like I was saying earlier, I had this character um, in Smokescreen, which came out last year. Yep. Um, yep. And he he was kind of the MacGuffin. He was what drove the story forward, what kept my hero and heroine together and moving forward, trying to save him. Um, and he went through a lot. He was kidnapped overseas and tortured. And he was feeling like um, he was responsible for almost getting his two best friends killed uh, in the sake of this in the um, course of this investigation he was involved in. And I really, when I got to the end, I really wanted to know what happened to him. And I really, one of the things I like to explore uh, because it was something I dealt with a lot when I was younger is fear and what happens when we are sort of out of control and we are not, we're pushed to our limits, we're pushed to our edge. And so I really wanted to deal with Sean um, and how he dealt with, I'm a tough, strong soldier, but I'm falling apart inside. And so I put him on another investigation uh, in Tennessee, on Fort Campbell, Kentucky. 
uh, which is on the border of Tennessee. And I had him come up against this girl who her military laptop's been stolen twice. And they gradually begin to uncover that somebody is stealing soldiers' identities. Um, and initially they think it's a terrorist attack, but it turns out to be something so much more personal uh, by the end. So I just, that's the gist of the book, both the behind the scenes and a little bit of the plot without giving too much away. Sure, of course. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Katie, I'm kind of curious, do you um, have a hard time dividing fiction and nonfiction as far as if you're doing any kind of research or or exploring the possibility of a, of a topic does some of that um, research sort of need to become fiction and is, does that become a problem or are there really some do you have to put that disclaimer that these uh, these are not based on real people yes um, I would say my first love inspired suspense is called warning signs and it uh, my, my heroine it was is death and I based the story, like I, learning about a school off the coast of Maine, it was a deaf school, um, and there was a lot of abuse at the school, and um, the school ended up being closed down. And so when I, when I read this, I, I started to think of a story that would go, that would go along the lines of, of uh, this true story. Yeah. Um, obviously, I did not want to exploit the, the yep. students that were in that school, so I right. took... Um, I kind of stepped back from that and took, uh, created my character and made it a regular school instead. And um, I still kept it on the coast of Maine, but it's um, so far from the actual real story that uh, there, there, you're, I'm, you, you could tell the difference between the two, definitely. Um, so there, there is a little bit of the inspiration part of um, where I got the story from, mm -hmm. but I did take it and I changed it to uh, create a fictional story. Um, but definitely that's kind of for how I came about with it, though that's where the roots of the story are from. But the reader themselves uh, wouldn't feel that I was stealing, right. uh, you know, a rip from the headlines um, story yeah. and, and calling it my own. Right, right. What about you, Jody? I, do you find that it's, it's difficult sometimes if you have um, a, a true situation that you want to write about? There's, there's always that twist. And like I said, compromised identity. I had actually read um, a news article about a soldier who was stealing identities mm -hmm. of other soldiers for his own purposes. Um, and you just kind of, you do this thing, and, and I'm sure Katie does it too, where you sit there and you start this, you know, you're driving down the road and you're thinking, well, what if it wasn't just stealing identities? What if there was murder? What if there was... You know, what if it wasn't terrorism? What if it was something else? And and so, yeah, you, you get this germ from reality, um, but you really do just kind of play with it and play with it. It's like Play-Doh. It starts as one thing and, and ends up as something else. Um, and I, I feel like I kind of, I never, I like what you said about, you know, respecting, you know, the real people. You never want to sure, disrespect sure. what people have gone through and you never want to disrespect that's always on my mind. I never want to disrespect anything about the military, uh, you know, or, or what anybody's gone through. And so there's this striving to get it right, but to not be so specific mm -hmm. that it can be tracked back to somebody. Sure, sure. Yeah, sure. Knowing that you're writing um, about the military, have you ever been faced with um, a situation where possibly you would not want to um, 
give de- details? Have you ever been asked not to share anything because the military does have some protocol? Yes. I sat, yes. With, my hus- I sat with my husband one night because he will help me work out plots and military stuff. And we had this whole thing going and he goes, oh, wait, you can't use any of that. Yeah. <laughs> it's confidential. Wait, never mind. You can't use that. So, um, so yeah, that that does that does happen. And I run. I'll run. I'll come up with. I'm constantly. Bless his heart. He has text at work, and I'm constantly on his. You know, work. I am going. Can I do this? Can I say this? Yeah. You know, <laughs> is this okay? You know. So I I definitely don't. Want, yeah, that's a tough one. And I'm sure Katie's been there too. <laughs> yeah, Katie, you as well. Yeah, oh, for sure. Definitely. Um, I will say that I, I, it can be, when doing my research, like I had a scene from the book, my Christmas book, where they have, uh, the, um, like, hero has to repel from a helicopter. And I, I, I wrote it in a, I sounded like such like a procedural that it was like dull, you know, and even my editor wrote back, she, She's like, can you make it more exciting? We, the readers really aren't going to be jumping out of a helicopter. They don't need to know every step <laughs> along the way. So it's also like trying to make it realistic, but yet, you know, you don't have to share all these little details like that that sure. kind of slow you up when you're reading. Sometimes you make up something that's real. And so my husband will go, I don't know where you got that, but don't use it. And I'm like, I, I <laughs> that, that sounds very much like in um... – Apollo 13, I know that that NASA had gone to um, Ron Howard and said, where did you get that footage? That we, we I don't think we've ever seen that footage. And, of course, his his uh, people had made that footage, but it was so real that they thought that it had been <laughs> real footage. <laughs> so it was a compliment, obviously, to um, – the, uh, uh, the the people who had done all of that animation for him. Um, but, and that's, there you go. You both have that, that gift that whether it was true or not, it became true in those books and it became true in, in their, in your characters. We've got one more break coming up and it just seems like the hour is flying by. I do want to talk a little bit about um, the family members that you do have that are in the military. And if um, that gives you um I, I, I want to say more inspiration because so many times I think um, our, our military stories are news based and I think we always need to remember the behind the scenes of, of our military. So let's talk a little bit about that on the other side of the break. And of course, we want to make sure that uh, we have everybody visiting your websites because um, both of you have a a, a array of books that I want everybody to find Jody Bailey and it's J O D I E B A I L E Y.com. You can find Katie at Katie Lee books.com and Katie is spelled K A T Y L E E books.com. And of course you can always find more information uh, about this program and all of our others at military mom talk radio.com as well as our channel at iTunes. So find all of these and we will be back with Jody and Katie in just a moment. We've got lots more ahead. Stay with us on Military Mom Talk Radio.
If you could live your life truly standing in a place of peace, joy, and abundance, wouldn't that make your heart soar? Now you can with Lessons in Joyful Living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. Mondays at noon central, Kimberly Rinaldi, having created a highly successful coaching practice, now teaches Lessons in Joyful Living. She believes in empowering others and that through it, you have the ability to break through any and all barriers, thus allowing you to reach your greatest potential and joyfully step into your life's purpose. What used to take weeks, months, or even years, she can now teach you in a matter of hours with her programs. For more on Kim and her show, go to her website, KimberlyRinaldi.com. That's R-I-N-A-L-D-I.com. Then join us for Lessons in Joyful Living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. was the first item ever sold on eBay? Believe it or not, it was a broken laser pointer sold in September 1995 for $14.83. The founder of eBay asked the buyer if he knew the laser pointer was broken when he bought it. The owner simply said, I'm a collector of broken laser pointers. Seems pointless to me, but this seemingly worthless item was a bellwether of merchandise to follow. Here are some Jifu jets or other unnecessary items that have been sold on eBay. Some Goostrum noodles will buy anything, even a cornflake. Yes, a cornflake shaped like the state of Illinois, sold for about $1,350. What was one of the most expensive eBay.com purchases? A $140 million yacht. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We're back with more great conversation on Military Mom Talk Radio. Welcome back, everyone. We're here today, uh, and we're so grateful to both Jody Bailey and Katie Lee for being with us today, talking about romance novels, but our romance novels with um, the suspense, uh, their love-inspired suspense stories, which... um, I, I find is is a wonderful. I'm I'm very uh, appreciative of the twist. I I do enjoy mysteries and I do enjoy romance. So to have them both all all together um, makes it a, a pure delight to sit down and read uh, read your books. Uh, both of you have family members who have been in the military. Both uh, I understand are retired now. Katie, your dad is retired, and Jody, your husband is. Um, Retired, Jody. Do you find? I'll start with you first. Do you find that it's difficult pulling information out of your husband if you needed military stories or information? He'll he'll talk pretty readily about facts. Um, and like, of course, I don't know any you know national security crazy secrets. The things we were talking about a while ago that I know are like tiny little, the you know little crazy things. Um, but that I can't use those little bitty details, but mm-hmm. um, okay. it's, there are some things that they can't talk about and some things that sometimes they won't talk about. Um, but when it comes to like, you know, the details and the, you know, how would you address this person or what would you use for this? And he's, he loves doing it. You know, like I said, I'm always on, I am with him at work going, can I do this? Can I do that? <laughs> so half of our day is going back and forth while I'm writing going, you know, with him going, no, you can't do that. And I, and I freak out because it's a whole plot point that changes the whole story. Yeah, so, yeah um, it did. So, what branch did but, he serve with? He was in the Army. 
And um, so I, I tend the joke around our house is that I find out things when he tells somebody else. Uh, yeah. We'll be sitting, we'll be sitting somewhere, and and something will come on the TV, and he'll go, "Wow, that's exactly what an IED sounds like when it goes off under your truck." And I'm like, "Why do you know that?" <laughs> or he'll, he'll say something to somebody else, you know, tell a story to one of his buddies, and I'm like, "I never heard this before." <laughs> That's so true. There's so many things. I was doing a show uh, last year, was it? Or uh, we we had sort of a, a music show, um, and I was pulling some songs together for for the particular show. And there's one song my husband has really loved, and it talks about um, a man buying an what the an elderly woman was calling um, a Chevy, and it ended up being a Corvette. And there was a note inside. Uh, and if you know the song "Riding with Private Malone," um, that is is the song that he was so fond of and I didn't know why. And when he really explained it to me, he says, we don't talk about, uh, go, we, we never talked about going home to, um, other things. What we would talk about is what we were going home to was our car and how they couldn't wait to get home to their car or the car that they wanted to buy or the, their dream car. And that was such a, a, a poignant message to me. I never would have thought of that, but that was why that particular song had so much meaning to him was just something as simple as that and um, a, a completely different facet that um, I probably never would have even understood had he not explained it to me what mm -hmm. that what that meant. Um, Katie, you said your dad served uh, in the Air Force. Yes, was that my what dad, you said? Um, he's in the, he's in his seventies now, so it's been a yeah. while. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, he he that, he retired probably. Um, he was like sixty, so uh, he was in it for a long time. I guess he was. Um, do you and, find that he would never share things at home or what do you remember as a girl? Yeah, you know, he never shared anything yeah. uh, with us. Um, it's really now that he's getting older and mm -hmm. that I'm writing um, that I might call him up and ask him a question or go over to his house and sit with him. And and mm -hmm. um, I, I may never use the things that he shares with me in a story, sure. um, but he's obviously just sitting with him and he'll take out books upon books of things, um, that, uh, he would had used when he was in the military and, and, and try to try to, you know, just pump it all out to me, <laughs> you know? And, and, um, so he, he has a wealth of knowledge that he has, uh, kept within him. I see that, um, for many years, you know, so it's kind of nice now, that uh, we ha we can can share these things together, and um, I find that he's sharing a lot more now than he did when we were younger. I'm so glad. I know, uh, as I said earlier, my husband is is hesitant to write, and I think it's more of a mechanical hold up than it is the thought process. Because I have a feeling once he starts, it's just going to come pouring out of him. But I I'm so glad at least. Um, he shares my dad was was the same way he was marine very closed mouth never shared anything at home i didn't know anything about him in his service um until i married my husband who was army and of course they had a a marine army thing going on which was really fun at the <laughs> dinner table <laughs> that was always always fun but there were so many things that they shared and now we'll be watching something on the history channel or whatnot. And my husband will say, 
that was that was your father's uh, mo, or that was your mm-hmm. father's uh, position, and mm-hmm. I he was there, and I was I had no idea, yeah. no yeah. idea. So it, it is, it's wonderful, um, that at least they're passing on their stories because, um, I, I think that camaraderie is really important, but I'm also appreciative for the opportunities that families have, whether it be a, a show like ours, or there's so many more, um, internet based, um, networking. We have a wonderful Facebook group, for example, that, uh, is on our show frequently called, um, uh, parents of military, um, uh, here I just had a little blackout in my in my brain. Mar- Marcella Stretch is the coordinator for it, um, um, and we love having the fact that there's there are places for uh, families to just in the middle of the night to be able to tap on and say, you know, I need a virtual hug, or anybody hear any good news today, or uh, I I need a I I just need thoughts and you know just those kinds of support because that really makes us all get through the things that we've got to get through. Um, it's going to happen one way or another. So we better get there with our chin up, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, what are uh, some writing tips? We're, we've probably got, uh, just a, a little bit more time, uh, before the end of the show, which has been a fast show. Jody, yeah. what's sort of a couple of quick tips if somebody really did want to sit down and start, uh, putting some thoughts on, on paper? Um, piggybacking off something we said, or both of us said earlier, is j- just write it. Just it doesn't matter what it looks like, it doesn't matter what it sounds like. Don't get hung up in the formatting. Don't get hung up in the right words. Just mm-hmm. put something on paper every day. If you've got ten minutes, put something on paper. If you, no matter how much time, because um, that's where it starts. When you start putting words on paper you're starting somewhere. Um, too many people are, you know, I don't know what to write. I don't know, you know, just do it. And eventually something will come out. And I, the, the first book I ever finished um, was just the product of sitting down every day and writing and writing and sometimes not even knowing where I was going or what I was going to say that day. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it's too easy to say, oh, it's too hard today. I don't want to do it. And even now, and <laughs> get up and walk away. Um, some days I know I'm putting garbage on the paper. But I am constantly saying you can't edit a blank page. Yeah. 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 Katie, what about you? Um, What what is a quick tip for you? I would say um, get out and experience um, the world. You you learn so much from doing things, reading about things. um, Just uh, more than just sitting around watching television, you're going to learn so much by getting out and doing and experiencing new things out there. And those are things that will come back in your writing. You'll find, you'll draw on them. And uh, you wouldn't be able to do that if you hadn't experienced it firsthand. But I will also say, um, if you're considering writing, um, to own that and uh, don't hide it. I I kept that a secret for a long time, and when I finally had to say I'm a writer, uh, I got a lot of mixed reactions from people that I was really surprised about. I thought they would support me in it, but I had to I had to accept that. Well, I, if I wasn't proud of it, how can I expect them to be? 
So I had to own that and say, I am a writer and this Mm -hmm. is what I'm going to be doing. And um, I would really appreciate your support in this. Um, But like I said, you have to own it first and be proud of it first. So don't hide it. That's it's such an interesting point of view Um, and and such good advice. I think, you know, no matter what we do, I think we ought to have that self-confidence to be able to say, you know, this is my point of view. This is my uh, vision or, or of life. And that's, that's it. <laughs> and that's the truth. Yeah. <laughs> she, with that little yeah. girl, Edith Ann used to say, and that's the truth. Um, <laughs> do you either real quick, do either of you prefer pen and paper or do you dictate to, uh, into a dictaphone or a recorder? I just I... type. <laughs> type. <laughs> Katie types. I plot and do characterization by hand, pen and paper, but I write like the drafts are all typed. I writing by hand is my brain works. I type faster than I write and my brain works faster than I can write. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. A lot of my brainstorms, if you will, come in the car. So there are so many times (laughs) I've fortunately learned how to be able to flip over, you know, just tell Siri to, To type something for me because it's always in the car that I think of things. And then the minute I get out of the car, I'm into whatever job or whatever or whatever task I'm doing and the thought is gone. So I, I find I need to uh, find a better way of just talking to myself in the car and documenting those things. I'll have my kids dictate. Yeah, yeah. Well, we have come to the end of the show and I'm just so uh, excited to have learned more about you gals personally as well as knowing more about your books katieleebooks.com um, her most recent book Silent Night Pursuit you'll want to double check where you can find that and of course all the information would be on her website jodybailey.com and it's j-o-d-i-e bailey.com uh, you'll want to check out Compromised Identity and uh, do watch she's got more coming in the fall and uh, I Love the inspiration that both of you have given all of us today. Uh, It's really exciting. So thank you, girls. Uh, What a wonderful time spending with you we've had today. Thank you. Thank you. And if you've missed any of this or any of our other shows, always check us out at militarymomtalkradio.com and absolutely go to iTunes. We're always there. You got a, a spare afternoon? Download a podcast and listen to some great listening. We've got a lot of interesting shows to share with you. And we've got another one coming up next week. So we hope you'll be with us again on Military Mom Talk Radio. Take care, everyone. Thanks for spending time with us today on Military Mom Talk Radio. We've got more than 200 episodes available to you anytime on iTunes or at our website, MilitaryMomTalkRadio.com. Find us on Facebook or Twitter. We look forward to another great conversation 